Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. Good morning. It's a beautiful Thursday here in California. We finally have blue skies after much smoke for days, and I am happy to welcome my guest, Kathy Doring. Kathy, am I pronouncing your last name correctly? You are. I'm very impressed. Most okay, very good. Pronounce it correctly. So, bravo. well, I have a, I have that O E thing in my name too, so I get it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yep, that's what it is. <laughs> okay, I have Kathy Doring. She's the president of eChatter, which is a social media kind of a, an operation, and we're going to be talking about social media investigations. So, Kathy, I'm really curious uh, about your background. How did you get here, and what did you do before? Yeah, so uh, I have actually been in the research business for the last 22 years. I started out with um, mystery shopping, which probably many of your um, listeners are familiar with, and mm-hmm. we kind of morphed into uh, gathering social media intelligence right around 2007, 2008, when we started to notice sites like Yelp and Google Reviews and all of that emerging and having an influence, sometimes positive, sometimes negative, on our clients. And we thought, you know what, this seems like it's a trend. It seems like this isn't going away. Then Facebook popped up and all the social sites from there. And we started looking into software platforms where we could gather this type of information for our clients and they would be better equipped to handle their reputation online. Um, Probably maybe after doing that for a few years, we had a call come in from a group of attorneys representing a um, major auto manufacturer and they were working on a case and they wanted to know if we could find a particular tweets on their subject regarding um, bashing the brand, but it it happened to be around a lawsuit, Uh and we had never thought of that before, so we thought, you know what, let's see if we can do it. So we were using software at the time, believe it or not, where you could actually go back into the archives. (laughs) They actually archived the whole internet, which is so bizarre to think of now, Um, but we were able to find a couple tweets, and we thought, you know what, this is this could be a thing. So we just, this is kind of cool. How we've yeah. always just morphed into things like this. And we've been doing it ever since and started out, um, you know, with the uh, PI conferences, going through the circuit, you know, and being exhibitors at different conferences across the country and started to just from the ground up build it up. That's, and, that's um, great. Yeah. So now we're so, doing a lot of work okay. for PIs across the country. <laughs> yeah, but you guys aren't an investigative firm yourselves. We are not. No, we yeah. are strictly research. Um, we know our software platforms inside and out. We use several of them, um, but we also know, you know, the we under we keep up with all of the changes, and really that's what we do the best, I think. And in our hunting is pretty good too, but. Um, you have to keep up with the changes. They, they change Facebook, Twitter, 
you know, Instagram. There's a new one now, Telegram, that's coming on to the United States. It's very popular in Europe currently. That's going to be really? another one that if it takes off in the U.S., we're going to need to know how to get in there and get some information for our clients. So it's ever-changing. It certainly is, daily, uh, actually. And so um, how has this whole shutdown, COVID, Zoom platform, not having conferences affected you guys? You know, we really don't um, feel that it's affected us all that much. I would say that we probably don't have the uh, same volume coming in just because our PIs are slow right now as well. Um, When the courts shut down, you know, there wasn't, um, that's where we really saw a slowdown. Um, We're seeing different types of investigations coming in, more domestic um, issues. We're just starting to kind of see some of the aftermath of um, the riots and uh, some of that coming forward where certain folks are being investigated um, in that realm. And then Cr- charged that's criminally? Just, You're talking about charged criminally? Pardon me? Charged criminally yes. from the riots? Yeah. Yes, right. So we're starting okay. to see that a little bit. Um, workman's comp, we always have a flow coming in. It seems like it never stops. Right, right. Um, so I see you founded Social Media Research Association. Is that, tell, tell us about that a little bit. That is a um, association that I wanted to form. Just pretty much I wanted to educate. I wanted to bring uh, together and kind of bridge the traditional market research industry with social media. Um, the two really don't get along too well together. I think, you know, it's not market research is really big on their traditional methodologies and they just don't, they feel like social media is like the wild, wild west. And Mm. I thought it is is in a way. (laughs) It is. It is for sure. Um, But there is some way to high level analytical data that can be collected that could be very valuable to brands and Um, they're starting to see some of that, but still, Larry, you know, they're more traditional industry. Um, So it's going to take time to really bridge that, I feel. Uh, Those folks that do work in social media are familiar with the benefits of gathering that information. And who are most of your members? uh, Mostly social media folks. We do have some market researchers that are more on the cutting edge and... um, you know, are interested in some new things because their clients are telling them, what do you have that's new? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we do have a little, we have a mixture. If somebody wanted to get involved with your uh, association, how would they go about doing that? Uh, they could basically just send me an email, let me know what their thoughts are. We would love to have students become more involved that are taking courses at school Um, We work uh, a little bit with a university, Clemson uh, University Uh in South Carolina. They actually have a market research program and a division. I was there and saw their operation. It's really cool. It's a room that's set up with, you know, several monitors. Uh, They use, it's called Radian 6, 
I believe that uh, Salesforce purchased them, so I think that that's who owns them currently. Owns ra- who but owns they, Radiant? Radiant Six. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Radiant Six it, is what? What would that, that be? That is a that's a that's a software analytical analytic company um, where you're able to access uh, any you know, open sourced information on the web around a particular subject. Interesting. So, for example, Clemson used them um, four years ago now uh, and kind of kept track of conversations around the election. And they were in the news for that. And um, they had some live shows on their local TV stations. I'm not sure if they're doing that this time around. I haven't really heard too much about that, but um, there's a couple of universities across the country that have this type of division uh, for their marketing yeah. students, too. Okay. Nice. That's interesting. I hadn't heard about that before, so that's very interesting. So, uh, do you want to give out your email, Kathy, so people are interested in, in that area? Sure. It's Kathy, K A T H Y, at S M R A global.org. SMRA stands for Social Media Research Association, right? Yes. Okay. Figured that out all by myself. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, okay. Well, thank you. That is just a really interesting. Um, it's always interesting how businesses morph, I think, how people get involved in something they never thought of. I'm the same way. I Whoever thought I was going to be a private investigator. So uh, it, I find it interesting how uh, people get from one kind of business to another and how it just happens. Yeah. Because you take advantage of opportunities. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, you just have an open mind, I think. Um, Not get stuck in one mindset helps, too, a little bit, you know. Exactly. Um, Exactly. So we're going to talk about social media today. And I just, um, I read an article that, that you wrote for Pursuit Magazine, and I was kind of captured by it because I thought you had some great point, great tips, great points, a way of of ex- describing them. So let's talk about them a little bit because I think our listeners will be also very interested in what you have to say. Sure. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you for that. Yeah. So you you started out by saying every picture has a story. Let's talk about that. I think that's fascinating. Yes, um, and social media is full of pictures, right? Even right. any platform you, uh, other than Twitter, Twitter has its pictures too, but not as much as the other ones. Um, and what you can gather from those photos can be very beneficial when you're looking for a person of interest. Um, especially nowadays uh, with the privacy functionalities that are becoming more and more mainstream, like Facebook, let's use them as an example, because they still are the number one resource Mm -hmm. for social media investigations. Um, You know, it takes a little more time to dig in and sometimes, and to find an individual in Facebook, uh, depending on what they use as a username. Usually it's not their real name, so that makes it much more challenging what we do is we, when we can't find them right away um, by just typical searches and using our software platforms, 
what we'll do is dig into their friends and relatives. And that's kind of like a backdoor many times to getting in and seeing if they have a presence in Facebook. One thing that's very helpful are those photos that you come across because you're going to see a lot of people posting celebration photos, whether it's birthday, holidays, vacations. And when you take a look at who's in those photos, who's liked them, who's shared them, who's commented on them, they could be so valuable. Uh, You can kind of determine by process of elimination who somebody may be, and it may be your subject in that photo. So um, that's really, really great because that's like a little crumb that leads you to other things and you just kind of morph from there. Um, and if you can get a picture, sometimes when we get our, our requests for scans, we don't even have a photo of the person. We right. just have basic information from a TLO or tracers or something like that report. Um, so photos are very, very helpful for that. Uh, they can also be helpful, like I mentioned in the article, when it comes to trying to find a person. Um, it's, that's Instagram. I would go to Instagram on that one uh, because people share more on photos in Instagram, I would say, than anywhere else right now. Uh, and sometimes you're able to identify where that picture was taken um, and even like when it was taken. So if you see somebody just posted something yesterday, and I use the example in the article, Disney World, we're having a great time in Disney World, just ran, you know, just went on such and such a ride, blah, blah, blah. Um, Okay, all of a sudden, just by scanning for that individual online, you're able to determine that they're in Disney World. And that's why you can't serve papers in Charlotte, North Carolina. Right. Um, right. Doesn't always happen that well. I don't want to make anybody think that it's easy. <laughs> no, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. And let me and let me go back and just say for people that aren't private investigators who may be listening to the show, tracers mm-hmm. and TLO are uh, proprietary databases that are available to private investigators on a subscription level that you have to be vetted for. You have to uh, be very careful yeah. with privacy and personal information. So I just wanted to yep. clear that, clear that That's up. a very good clarification. Yes. A very good. Okay. So you take this photo. To, tell me what you, you have an image. And then, now what do you do with it? Well, it all depends on the case. We like to understand what the case is about so that we don't provide our clients with information that's not going to be um, important for them. Um, I would say uh, we, we do a lot of reverse image searches. So you take a, a photo and uh, there's an um, item in Google called Google Image. I don't know if your listeners would be that aware of that. Um, and all you have to do is upload an image and then search it and it's going to you know, send crawlers out to see if that photo is anywhere else on the web. Um, and then sometimes it is and you're able to gather more information, more intelligence that way. Um, This is a great tool to use Mm. in the dating thing. Yeah, I was just thinking as you were saying that. Yeah. Yes, I highly recommend it. Um, One of our software platforms, can I mention names? Sure, absolutely. Okay. Um, I mentioned them in the article. They're called, it's called Social Catfish. 
And I actually also belong to their Facebook group. So if you're one of their customers, um, you, you are able to get into their Facebook group. And I am always, I don't get to spend much time in there, but sometimes I like to poke around and, and read people's stories. I cannot believe how many scammers are out there. Right. Um, and they're targeting most, a lot of times, older women. Um, and, you know, they're just, um, they sh- in that group, they share photos and say, hey, has anybody been approached by this guy? Has anyone been approached by this guy? Does this look guy look legitimate? You know, and it's, they're all the same. I, and I just read an article on LinkedIn by another investigator who talked about how this is now starting to come into LinkedIn as well. And um, I have had a couple of, of people uh, try to link in with me. And I always look at the profiles. I'm suspicious <laughs> from the work I do. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure you feel the same way. Right. I, you can tell. There's also, there's usually a pattern. But for dating, oh my goodness, this is huge, I think. I want to come back a to quick this. reverse image. Yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. come back to this, Kathy. We need to take a really quick break, but I want to come back to this because this is a really uh, hot item. We'll be right back with yeah. Kathy Doring. All right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. PI Magazine is the most respected magazine of the professional investigator. We feature stories and articles on current trends and issues, equipment reviews, tips, and practical advice. Don't miss the new and exciting year in PI Magazine. Subscribe today at PIMagazine.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call one 800 350 C-A-L-I. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to PIs Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to FRANCIE at PIsDeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. 
My guest today is Kathy Doring. She's a social media research expert, and she's telling us all about how to search social media. But we were just talking about the online dating issues. And so what I'm hearing, uh, Kathy, is that you could take an image, say somebody uh, tried to link in with you on LinkedIn or Facebook, and they had their picture. You could take that picture, upload it into Google Image, and you might find out that this is a a uh, screenshot image from, I don't know, Shutter or something like that, that it's not a real person. Is yeah. that what I'm hearing you say? That's correct, yes. Yeah. Some good-looking guy, looks like a hot mm-hmm. item, and he's right. just a fake. Too good so, to be true. It's that too good to be true. If it's too good to be true rule in, in you know, anything like scamming and all of it. If it appears to be too good to be true, it probably is, you know. Right. Um, but many times they're they're, um, you know, they're working remotely, like overseas. That's a mm-hmm. that's another tip, um, because then they don't have access to their bank accounts, because that's usually where it all comes, starts to get to is money. It's money, right? So I um, wanted to mention. I was telling you, Kathy. When we were offline, uh, my friend Diana Guerin wrote a book called Who is the Real Man Behind the Screen about a catfishing experience that she had personally. She wrote that book and she has since formed an organization, uh, an association of victims of catfishing, which I can't, mm-hmm. I don't know the name of, but if you um, if you interested and you Google Diana Guerin, G-A-R-R-E-N, who is the real man behind the screen. I'm sure you can find it if you're interested in that. So uh, it is rampant, isn't it? It is. This whole catfishing thing. Yes. So when you um, I just don't, I don't see that slowing down uh, anytime soon, especially now. And you mentioned social catfish. So um, that's a, a, that says search. What what is that again? Social Catfish is a uh, software platform uh, that is a reverse. You can do reverse image. You can do searches by names, emails, phone number, usernames as well. Um, it's pretty much geared more towards uh, the online dating scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, established back in 2013. And we're always on the hunt for new software platforms that provide us with some really good open source intelligence. And that's something I do want to make mention. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up about privacy when we were talking about the TLO reports. And everything that we gather in terms of any type of intelligence, no matter what it's for a company or for a person or PI, whatever it is, it's all what we call open source intelligence. And that's just... um, you know, openly, publicly available on the web. Uh, we never go behind any passwords. Uh, we don't do that as a company. Some companies do. Some companies will go. And I. And if you do something like that, I suggest working with a PI. Some, mm-hmm. Most PIs have what they call sock puppets. They have several aliases that they use for investigative purposes. And I know some of them do actually will friend a person of interest just so that they can um, see what's private. 
Yeah, uh, so that's a, a, a bit of a, a a problem if you're doing, let me just throw out here, if you're doing criminal defense, at least in California, mm-hmm. um, you cannot yeah. represent yourself as somebody else. You have to identify yourself as and who you're working for. So I just want to put that out there because you can't, uh, you, you have to say who you are if you're doing something like that. So I'm so uh, glad you said that too because this, it differs by state. And I know California is very much farther advanced in privacy than any of the other states, I think. But, um, you know, some are some some of it is admissible into court, which is kind of scary. Right. We don't do it. So we don't do it. So I just want to get that out there then. Okay. <laughs> it's all publicly available information. <laughs> so before we go much further here, let's talk about preserving the data because usually when a private investigator gets involved, and I'm sure what happens with you guys also may become a legal issue. So let's talk about preserving that met- metadata and how you do that. And the way that we do it is we use a service, another software platform called Web Preserver. Uh, they um, just merged with another provider called uh, Page Freeze. I think it was Page Freezer. Uh, we've we've um, been a customer of theirs for several years, and we do it so we subscribe to them so that we are able to easily uh, use their app to um, gather the metadata behind any post. We could do an entire website. Uh, there's various reasons. You know, to do this, um, basically, especially nowadays where where people are able to change photos very easily, you know, in Photoshop it used to be, but now there's all kinds of other platforms you can do it to. If you do a, as an investigator, if you're doing a social media investigation on someone and you find a couple posts that you think could be very helpful in your case, you may want to spend the extra money and get that preserved because basically it's, to think it's easy and simple, it's kind of like it's frozen in time. So say, for example, if two months down the road, the person decides to delete it or the person decides to change it so that it's not incriminating, they can do that. And then, you know, if you just have a screenshot, they could argue, well, that really wasn't a scre- the right mm. screenshot. That I never right. had it that way. Where this is preserving it, fr- freezing it in time. It has the the correct um, information behind the photo, if you will, and it's much more admissible in courts um, throughout the country. I think we're going to see more of it. We don't see it a lot right now. I don't hear our clients talk about it that much. They do use it from time to time, especially in workman comp cases. Mm-hmm. Um, we're that's, I call them the gotcha, the gotcha right. photos, you right. know, yeah. and uh, that I highly recommend getting doing that. So we have cases that go back to accidents that happened in 2018, 2019, and, um, you know, as soon as they lawyer up, you know, counsel tells them, delete your social media. And right. uh, so for two years behind, it's hard to find that information anymore. So time is so, of the essence and it's good to try to preserve if you can. So is there a cost to web preserver? Oh yes. <laughs> we oh, um, have a subscription um, 
And what we do is we do it as an ad hoc service. So you don't have to do the whole search with us if you don't want to. Many of our um, the friends I've made over the years, they are the do-it-yourselfers out there. And if they find something, they'll for $100 is what we charge per post. Um, and there's various fees that, that go along with uh, additional work, like, you know, whole profile, a lot of capturing of metadata, the price goes up from there. But one post is $100, and um, we wanted to be able to have it available just as an additional service to our clients. Okay, so um, are you, you're doing it on a yearly subscription for web server, or how does that work? Yes, yes. Okay. Do you mind telling how much it is? I mean, is it I'm, a lot? I can't. I know it's thousands of dollars. Okay. I can tell you. it's. Um, they have their pricing out there. It's. I think their lowest one now is at $8,000 a year. Okay. So... Um, Along that same line, because I'm a, a small operator, um, not a smooth operator, a small operator, okay? So um, <laughs> uh, there's, a, uh, there's a platform called Hunchly. Are you familiar with Hunchly? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Hunchly is a pared-down version of Web Preserver, I believe, but it still yes. captures the metadata, and it can be yep. used in court to, to validate uh, social media. Yes. Have you used that one? You know, I love Hunchly for a lot of um, reasons. I think it's it's excellent because it's uh, chain it 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 handles your chain of custody. So when you're out there searching and stuff and going from one site to another site to another site to another site, it's capturing all of that right in mm-hmm. the platform, right? I haven't right. used it. I've looked at it though. We looked at it as an alternative because they're much more. Um, you know, they're they're more financially attractive, right? I would say than yeah. Web Preserver, but um, they're a little. It's a little harder to use for our purposes. Yeah, but for I, an individual, and I get that. yeah, for an individual investigator, I think it's great. Okay, very good. All right, so let's go back to actually doing the searches. Um, so uh, you were talking about in your article, uh, besides, oh, I, let me go back to this too. I'm all over the place today. So you're talking about images and, uh, and telling a story from the images. A friend of mine used to do a seminar on interviewing the document, taking a legal document or taking any document and actually going through it step by step and interviewing that document. And I think that's what you're doing here. You're interviewing the photograph. Right, that's cool. I love that. Yeah, I so love that's that. what struck me when uh, you were talking about every picture tells a story. And yes. one of the examples you have is somebody at a outside at an outdoor restaurant. Mm-hmm. And talk about that a little bit. Well, where that is, that can be valuable um, in terms of where where they are. Um, you know, just. Googling or taking a look at some of the different restaurant names that you see there. The the particular photo is an outdoor dining area where there's quite a few people. It's daylight, um, so there's a lot you can see. Um, If you know your subject and you see your subject in that photo, you're going to see who they're with. 
um, as other areas of potentially, um, you know, to potentially investigate as well. Um, but most importantly, in that particular photo, I think it's location. Uh, when, you know, if it's posted somewhere where that's, where that, when that was posted, kind of gives you an opportunity to place the person in a, in a certain place at a certain time. It also kind of, I'm looking at it here uh, to Kathy, you can also kind of identify lifestyle from this photo. Yeah, that's a great observation. That's you know, exactly looking at their true. clothing, for example, mm-hmm. they kind of look like they're, um, some of them are on vacation, that may be a, may not even be in this country, I'm I'm not sure, but but it looks like they're on. They're very relaxed on vacation, maybe on a weekend, perhaps. I mean, there's a lot. There's really a yes. lot when you start looking at it that way. There's a lot you can identify. It's kind of interesting because yes. I haven't looked at them that way. No, it's funny. Um, you know, it, it's one thing I will say about doing this work is when you're done uh, gathering intelligence on a on a person of interest you really do have a good idea of who, you know, in a, in a general term, but you have a good idea who the person is uh, because mm-hmm. of how much people share in social media, their religious beliefs, their political beliefs. Um, if they're angry with somebody, how angry do they get? Do they do a lot of cussing um, openly? Is that something they do? Um, do they like to fish? Um, you know, are they, do they seem like they're more homebodies? Uh, there's mm-hmm. so much you can get from it. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I had a PI say, you know, this type of stuff took us, you know, year, you know, not years, but a long time of interviews, interviewing different people to get an idea of who we're dealing with sometimes where, some, you know, if you're lucky and they are active in social media, you can really take a look at them and, and within a few hours you see, you get a good idea of who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. And um, don't you, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, in fact we're, with the current political climate, we're finding out more than we'd ever yeah. want to know. <laughs> oh, isn't that the truth? Exactly. I, that's why I say now it's like, my goodness, it's the best time ever to find out things because everybody's, um, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people are very opinionated and there's a lot of anger, unfortunately, right now. And, they, on all and sides. people have been closed down and they, they have to communicate. Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, it's funny. It's really funny. It's like actually, a, it's a, a venting. It's way. a venting platform. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So especially, talk about especially talk Twitter. about Kathy. I'm sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, oh, talk that's about okay. Instagram. Talk about when you do when you investigate Instagram. Instagram is much more of a photo sharing uh, platform. Um. A lot of, you know, if it's locked down, um, it's, it's, of course, almost nearly impossible to get any information. We always do include it in our scans uh, because depending if it's a criminal investigation, they may be able to get access to it depending on the case and so on. But um, there again, you're looking at who they're following and who their followers are. That can be very telling. Um, and then, again, the photos, if it isn't set to private, you know, there's a lot of information that you can get from that, too. And 
um, you can see, you know, people who have commented about it or uh, commented on it, rather, and liked it and so on. But it's just pretty much all photos. Um, You still get a sense of what their likes and dislikes can be, though, too, by what they Mm -hmm. post. Um, Okay. You can tell sometimes if they have children. Um, Does it appear like they live on their own or do they, you know, live with family? Um, There's still a lot that can be told. It's like looking at a story, almost like a little storybook. For sure. You know, like a photo album, kind of. So when you, Kathy, do research on somebody's reputation that's been damaged and disparaged, Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you go about fixing that? Is there is there a fix? There is a fix, and we uh, don't do um, some of the traditional um, that you hear about in the news. And there's one company in particular from California, I think, that is very good at this. They can actually go to the different sites and push and suggest to get them removed. Um, we suggest. Um, to our clients, which we have more, we have, our clients are more small to medium sized businesses. So keep that in mind. What we suggest is burying a negative review by encouraging more positive reviews when it comes to a reputation. So I'm, I'm talking like Yelp, TripAdvisor, Google reviews, that sort of thing. Um, sometimes you can get a negative review and it's your competitor who's doing it right. to you, and that's right. a very hard thing to prove. So I always say our go-to is always respond to a negative review, always. So you have to make sure you know it's there to begin with, and more right. and more companies now are starting to realize the importance of gathering that on a regular basis. Getting that responded to quickly is going to show that you care about your customer service, Mm-hmm. And that you want to, you know, make sure that their problem is being taken care of. Um, and then just to try to encourage genuine, not paid for, but genuine good reviews of your place of business can really push that, that bad one down. Okay. Uh, and that's, that's usually, that's the route we suggest to take. Are the reviews the negative reviews usually on Yelp or are there other places? Because I don't even know the answer to this question. Uh, are there other places people can post negative reviews like that? Yes, there are. I mean, there's forums that can be, um, you can post, you can post in the Amazon, say if it's a company that has products that they sell through Amazon. Um, you know, there's, and then social media it doesn't even have to necessarily be on their social media platform. It could be on the customer's social media platform. We call that indirect. And uh, gathering that kind of information is important too because um, the client, you know, the the company may not even know it's out there. Yet it could be being shared or talked about. Um, I saw a lot of that, that recently with COVID when the masks started to become more of a thing and more businesses were mandating that their employees wore masks, but then also the customers. A lot of people were complaining about how that was being executed mm-hmm. by the various companies, restaurants yeah. and so forth. And um, There was a lot of that out there. 
and that's something you have to be aware of and and you know there's all kinds of affordable programs out there now for any business to keep a track of their reputation used to be where it costs you a lot of money to to do that but now it's it's not as much anymore and um even even something like Home Depot, Lowe's, um, sites that you would never even think of, depending on mm. what your business is, of course. Yeah, that's a good point. I um, hadn't thought about those kind of platforms. Well, yeah. You talk about a neat trick in Google Maps. Tell us about that. Uh, Google Maps is uh, just basically where you're, you're Googling an address and you uh, go to Google Maps. And it will pull up the last photo taken of that address. Right. And it will display when it was taken. And I think that's a, that's a cool little trick to use um, in case you're looking for, you know, whether or not um, you see any automobiles that are parked in front of the house or you can even see people out in the front yard. It depends. It's, you know, um, mm-hmm. if they're there when that's taken, it's going to be included. And uh, there's some some neat information in there that you would never think of to check, uh, again, depending on your case. So... Um so you're going to you're going to go back to whenever that was cuz sometimes it's like t- taken 4 years ago for example. That's and, exactly and you right. Know, yes. Yeah. And if you do your own house, you know it's 4 years ago because you don't have that car anymore or you know something has changed yes. on the house. So how do you then how do you take that image and do something with it? You really don't do anything with it. It's just um you know it's very dependent on your case and um if you're looking for, you know, certain information, um, it could be beneficial, I guess, in in some type of a civil case, maybe where the the neighbors are arguing or something with an HOA or um, you know something along those lines. Um, I don't know. Um, I think it's more helpful when you're looking for um, whether or not a person lived at that house if you can kind of see if their car was parked out there and you know from, again, the history of the individual, what cars they owned, you could link them that way. Mm-hmm. As, mm-hmm. You know, maybe they don't live there, but they certainly visited there, right? right. Or they right. had some kind of connection to it. Um, it's just one other thing. There's, you know, keep in mind, there's hundreds of these tips, Right when you're looking for things, and you just have to gear it down to what you need. Um, Correct, based on your key. So, uh, one of the uh, processes you use is you use TinEye. We don't use TinEye because we use Social Catfish, but I okay. do. I know of TinEye, um, and I know a lot of investigators use TinEye. Okay. Have you ever used Tinai? I've, I've never or? used it. Mm-mm. I've never used no. it. Talk about it a little bit. Tinai is very similar. They have the reverse image capability. Um, and, you know, the reason that we've used several um, platforms is because they're all capturing, uh, pinging different databases. 
of information. So sometimes where you can't find information in one, we'll go to another and we'll get some little tidbit in another one because they're able to have, get access to different sources. Uh, and that that's very, very helpful. Um, but TNI is just another option to use for reverse image on the web. It's fun to try. I would suggest to your listeners just for the heck of it that they should take a photo of something. Because, you know, it's really interesting, you know, and I think this is going to be an area where with artificial intelligence and especially in stuff, you're going to see more of this um, out there. You know, it's just, um, it's interesting. Yeah, it's really fascinating. And it's fascinating how people can uh, use it for negative uh, activities. Oh, so, Yes. Um, what about TikTok? We've heard we've heard a lot about TikTok. Yes, TikTok um, before 2020 was primarily used um, for individuals maybe between the ages of I don't even know 12, maybe younger even. Unfortunately, <laughs> all the way up to um, more like maybe early 20s. Now. We have, we're seeing a lot of people on there um, in their 30s and 40s as well. Just because everybody's stuck at home with their families, the older people are being introduced to it <laughs> by the younger well, it, generation. And we hear about it on the news. So then people say, oh, what's TikTok? Right? Yeah. That's right. So how does uh, it we work? Are using, we, are, we are looking, we do search TikTok now. Uh, we didn't do it unless it was somebody in that earlier age group, TikTok is not an easy, easy thing to use because, um, you know, most people are going to have their settings private. You can find out if they have a TikTok and that, again, is, is um, good to know sometimes. It's just like Snapchat. It's the same thing. Snapchat, we can find if somebody, find out if somebody has it, but chances are we're not going to get any information out of it. And that's pretty much the same as um, TikTok. The only difference is, is if somebody is promoting themselves as what they call an influencer, and that's where they want it to be public, right? Because the more people that they get to follow them, the more money they make um, with advertising and so forth. So there are times when it can be, you know, a wealth of information if it's the objective of the person to have as many people see them as possible. Uh, then you can get a pretty much information on either one of those platforms. So other than but the ones people, we... No. I'm sorry, go ahead. what'd you say? But for the everyday person, most people have it locked down. Okay, so... Other than the ones we've talked about, do you have favorites that you go to just as a regular protocol? I would say Facebook still is king um, of all of them when it comes to anything to do with investigations. Um, As far as social media research in a broader sense, you're not going to get much out of Facebook uh, anymore. Facebook, um, I was told by one of our software platforms recently, I didn't even know this, that if you have one area on your Facebook profile that is set to private, only one, say you have everything else free as can be, publicly available, 
but you do have one item that you don't want anybody else to know. Maybe it's your friend. Maybe it's your place of business or whatever it may be. You have one item locked down. Legally, any of these software platforms that gather this intelligence, they cannot gather anything from your profile because you have that one setting set to private. So Isn't what do you mean they block? can't? That, that's mind They can't. They, they use what's called a fire hose. And it's, you know, a... I assume, I don't know that much about this, but it's a contract that they have a license with Facebook, right, that they can take, um, they could pull open publicly available data from the platform in certain circumstances. Um, the way that the, 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 the new algorithms are set up in Facebook, none of the software platforms are able to get access to a person's profile if there's even as little as one item that they have have selected as private. When you go in Facebook and your profile, you can go to your settings and your privacy settings. There's the whole um, set of privacy settings. It's not like it's, I want to, you know, I want to turn it on and off and it's everything on and off. You have options. Mm-hmm. You know, even if sometimes you're posting something, you know how you post in Facebook and you can post it publicly or you can post it privately. Right. Um, there's others like that in there, too. So that's how strict it's gotten is what I use it as an example for that, you know, because we were coming up with no results in our software platforms. And we're like, what's happening here? We're not getting Facebook results. But then when we do searches in Facebook, we're manually finding it. Why is that? And they said it's how strict Facebook has gotten, but, you know, you can understand it from their point of view, too. That is a really important tip, that right there, because there Mm -hmm. are a lot of people that use a social media company to do their research, and it's coming back with zero results. So knowing that, then you do have to go and do your research yourself. Yes. That's, That's important. It is. Huh. It is. So, yeah. So, I, that's interesting because I've been frustrated. I've never, uh, I've tried subscribing to social media companies and I've always been frustrated because I do better myself than <laughs> they do. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's why. Very interesting. Right. Very and there's platforms out there that you can use if needed, right? That. Um, you know, you just key in the information and, you know, results come back and there's even a few out there that you can actually compile your results into a report template. Um, but yeah, if you're having it where, you know, the platform is coming up, you know, repeatedly with nothing, then there's a, a reason for that. Hmm. Um, and it's not the software platform's fault. Interesting. That's uh, really important information. So we're almost at the end of our time here, Kathy. What uh, what kind of advice would you give to people, private investigators, other researchers, um, where to go forward and what the priorities should be? Well, uh, going forward, I think that if as hard as it is, to do this, I think that it's very, very helpful to think of social media platforms 
in a marketing sense and try to just even if you can make the time just to have create some Google alerts on particular subjects like Facebook changes or Facebook algorithm, you know, you can search that and then you can create that as a, um, a search term and they'll always pull up information out there and send it to you. Staying up to date on the changes is going to be key in the future. And I always say, you know, show me the money because wherever the money is, that's how we're, they follow because it's all about their advertising dollars and understanding how those work and how they're changing algorithms to target the right advertisers um, and the right people, I should say, for the advertisers is important for the investigator to know too uh, because that's going to spill over in what we all do too. Um, so yeah, so just, I guess- as much as you can, staying up to speed on it all. Okay, so that many free news, a, newsletters out there. <laughs> that brings up another question. So, how do you stay on top of everything that's new? How do you do that? I think you go you go to some good resources, and I'll give you one. Um, if your listeners um, will Google Michael Bazell. Michael Bazell. Michael Baz. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of him? No. And how do you spell the last he name? Is it's uh, B-A-Z-Z-E-L-L. Okay. Um, he has worked years in government computer forensics, and he is um, one that our team um, has actually been uh, involved in for some time. He has a new platform, uh, Intel Techniques. I think if your listeners were to Google that, they would be able to find that. Too. Okay. Um, Michael Bazell came up with what he called OSINT research um, training and um, newsletter tid- tidbits. He has a podcast actually as well. And okay. he talks a lot about uh, techniques, but he also talks about privacy. That's a great um, tip. So you can I have- learn a lot from him. That's a great tip, Kathy. We are out of time. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been fascinating. Thank you. Given us a lot of uh, good meat regarding social investigations. And to my listeners, tune in again next week. It's PIs Declassified, and I'm Francie Kaler. Thanks, Kathy Doreen. You've been listening to PIs Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time here on the Voice America Variety Channel.